What's going on, guys? Welcome to the Mind for Muscle podcast. I am your host, Nick Boletto, and in today's episode, we are going to dive back in into some lifestyle design factors. So I told you guys in the last episode about lifestyle design that overall the goal here is to be able to optimize our sleep and also manage our stress. And the importance of stress management and sleep overall is that they are the two most important forms of passive recovery. So if we were to create a hierarchy of recovering from training, the most important thing is like I've said in previous episodes, not to do more training than we can possibly recover from. And the next most important thing is passive recovery. So these are not supplementary, supplemental rather, uh, you know, methods. This isn't active recovery. So like going into the gym or doing cardio, going for walks, stuff like that. We'll talk about all that stuff eventually, but passive recovery is just the things that you would do anyway, but bring a little bit more attention to them, a little bit of special attention to them because they can really go a long ways. And the two biggest forms of passive recovery are stress management and sleep. And so in today's episode, I'm going to do a deep dive into sleep. We're going to talk a little bit about what sleep is and why it's important and a couple of ways that you guys can start to optimize it. So let's begin. So what exactly is sleep? Sleep has two main characteristics, okay? It is a reversible condition, meaning that sleep can end and a new state of being, a new state of consciousness can begin. And it is a reduced state of responsiveness, meaning that external stimuli do not produce autonomic reflexes the way they do when we are awake and alert. So if you think of consciousness as being on a on a graph and there's essentially two different variables that determine your state of consciousness it's how responsive you are and whether or not the condition is reversible so sleep is reversible versus something like death death isn't reversible and you have a a dampened amount of responsiveness compared to when you're awake but obviously you are more responsive than say a coma So when Little Wayne said that sleep is the cousin of death, he was actually onto something because sleep is, in fact, the cousin of death. And it's actually not too distant of a cousin when you think about it. I mean, we are only sort of responsive when we are asleep and it is it is reversible. So it's quite different than death in that regard. But the next question then is, do we need sleep and what is its function? So interestingly enough. As basic as sleep seems, there is no scientific evidence to show us that we actually need sleep. Uh, However, there is scientific evidence to show us that every animal sleeps, therefore we probably need it. Uh, Because essentially there there was a study done that I like to read from time to time. I've read this study through several times because I think this topic's particularly interesting. But If sleep wasn't essential, we would be able to find animals in the world that fit one of three categories. We would be able to find animals that don't sleep at all. We would be able to find animals that don't make up for a lack of sleep. 
and we would be able to find animals that aren't negatively affected by sleep restriction or deprivation. And none, no animals that scientists have been able to find fit any one of those three categories. And since we can't find animals that fit any one of those three categories, we have to therefore conclude that sleep is essential. So while we don't actually know its function and we don't know why we need it, we do know at the very least that it's essential for us. Uh, so that is, that's, that's a brief little understanding, scientific understanding of what sleep is as well as whether or not we need it, why, we, why it's essential, and essentially how we came to the conclusion that we do need it. So while we may not understand the essential aspect of sleep to our body, we definitely do understand the benefits, uh, or more keenly, we understand the detriments of sleep restriction or sleep deprivation. So a uh, lack of sleep will cause decreased cognitive function, decreased reaction times, deregulation of protein transcription, deregulation of metabolism, increased blood pressure, decreased sex hormone production, decreased immune function, increased stress and anxiety, decreased pain tolerance, increased likelihood of depression system symptoms, and decreased athletic performance. So all of these, you know, bad effects. I mean, imagine if you were super, if, if I told you, if you came to me and you were like, hey, I'm super stressed, I'm really anxious, my performance in the gym sucks, my, I have serious brain fog, um, I'm not like digesting foods properly, I'm not having great sex, I, I feel like I'm in pain all the time, and I was like, oh yeah, here's a pill that you can take to solve all of those problems. You'd be like, hell yeah, give me that pill. Well, little known fact, that pill is just sleeping more. Um, so essentially, we just want to make sure that we are sleeping at least seven or eight hours a night, and you'll take care of everything. I mean, there is adequate evidence to show that you cannot overcome a lack of sleep, no matter the quality. So I'll say that again. Uh, I'll say it again, hopefully a little bit easier to understand. You cannot just sleep more, or sorry, <laughs> let me say that again and say it correctly this time. You cannot sleep better and overcome not sleeping enough. So irregardless of the quality of the sleep, the quantity matters. So you can get four hours of sleep of the highest quality, and it will not be as good as maybe half as good sleep, but you sleep for eight hours. That eight hours of sleep, seven hours of sleep is just absolutely necessary. Um, and we have plenty of studies to show how this affects athletic performance and body composition. I mean, there are plenty of studies looking at sleep deprivation and sleep restriction and how it affects us. And generally speaking, it affects us badly all across the board. The only area where it doesn't necessarily affect us is super high intensity. So if you were to go into the gym and do like a one repetition, one repetition max, or if you were going to do like a max power or aerobic power or anaerobic power test, um, the lack of sleep may not affect you as much, but in regular day-to-day -day training where it's a little, bo little bit more aerobic, a lot more training volume, a lack of sleep or sleep restriction 
sleep deprivation is going to greatly affect not only how well you're performing in the gym, but it's going to affect your recovery to a considerable degree, which is why it's the second most important part of the recovery hierarchy. It's absolutely necessary for you to be getting not just good quality sleep, like I said, but enough of it. So to wrap up this episode, because I know this has been like pretty sciencey and pretty, uh, pretty preachy, I guess. Um, I want to give you guys a couple of very useful, practical tips to start improving your sleep right away. So the first tip that I'll give you guys is having some sort of a nighttime routine. And uh, I, you know, between like psychology classes that I took in undergrad, because I think I was like one class away from having a psychology minor just because I thought the classes were interesting. So between psychology classes in undergrad and reading books on developing good habits and stuff, there is undeniable evidence to show that the routines that we have that cause a psychological response, which cause a very real physiological response. So for example, if you are somebody who, let's say that uh, you're you're not so hygienic, you only brush your teeth once a day, and that's at night. When you brush your teeth, there is a psychological response that says, oh, I'm getting ready to go to bed. And then there's a physiological response where you start feeling more sleepy. Uh, so if you're somebody who only brushes your teeth once, I want to challenge you to this and maybe not do it during the work week. Maybe it's bad that this episode's coming out on Tuesday, but I want you to try to brush your teeth in the morning and then I want you to just see what your energy is like throughout the rest of that day because I guarantee that at least initially after you brush your teeth, you're going to start feeling a little drowsy for like the hour or two after that and then you'll probably be okay, but Uh, You'll notice that you do get drowsy because you have a psychological response to starting what is your nighttime routine, brushing your teeth. Same thing goes for things that you might do in the morning. So let's say you shower before work every day. That shower actually helps you wake up. So if you were to take a shower at nighttime, you're going to have a really hard time falling asleep because not only does like the water dripping over you kind of alert you um, bring you to a new state of consciousness of with that physical touch component, but it also is part of your morning routine. And so psychologically you are preparing for the day and there's a physiological response that happens and that makes you more alert and more awake. So I would not suggest doing that at nighttime because we're trying to optimize your sleep, but having a nighttime routine can be hugely beneficial. Uh, second thing that I would recommend to you guys is turning your phone off like an hour before sleep uh, or an hour before bed rather um, because obviously things that you are consuming through your phone, social media and stuff, uh, even text messages can be extremely stressful, cause you anxiety that is not needed around bedtime. Remember, we are trying to de-stress and optimize our sleep and neither of those things are going to help um as far as optimizing your sleep goes. So just turning your phone off an hour before bed. There's also uh, some conflicting research, I'll say, but there is some research to suggest that the blue light that is emitted from artificial products and electronics and like artificial white light um, can inhibit melatonin secretion. So essentially melatonin is 
one of the molecules that helps you with your circadian rhythms and actually helps you start to feel tired. So the light that comes from your electronics actually can make it so that you don't get that sleep response. So we want to make sure that we get that sleep response, obviously. So cutting out electronics like an hour before bed is probably a pretty good idea. And the third thing that I'll talk about is uh, caffeine. So caffeine consumption. And this is going to be very far away from bedtime. But caffeine has a half-life of four to six hours. So a half-life means that uh, in four to six hours half of the caffeine that you will have will have ingested will be like used up so if you consume 200 milligrams of caffeine at 3 p.m at 9 p.m there's still going to be 100 milligrams of caffeine in your system i think i said 200 right yeah so 100 if i said 300 then it's 150 i promise i'm really good at math i just don't remember how much i said but if you consume 200 milligrams of caffeine at 3 p.m there's still going to be 100 milligrams of caffeine in your system at 9 p.m so it might not be the best thing for you to be consuming caffeine that late in the day i recommend at least eight hours before bed is when you cut off caffeine so if you go to bed at 10 p.m 2 p.m. is the cutoff time for you to stop consuming caffeine. Uh, assuming that the half-life is more towards the four hours, um, then that means that you'll at least have two cycles through and you'll have kind of gotten rid of 75% of the caffeine that you ingested. I try to limit my caffeine intake starting at like 11 a.m. Uh, so I give myself maybe even three whole cycles of getting it out of my system. Um, so that is what I would recommend. So again, three practical tips for you to start improving your sleep today. Uh, get in a nighttime routine because psychologically it will induce a physiological response to help you get sleepy. Turn your phone off an hour before bed and cut down your caffeine intake at least eight hours before bed. And I guarantee if you can, if you can start practicing those three things, you will start optimizing your sleep, start optimizing your recovery, and then we can recover from training better and we can get a lot better results as a result. All right, that's it for this episode, guys. I appreciate you guys tuning in, and I will talk to you guys on Thursday in the next episode. Take care, guys.